the show where we talk about video games every single week. Yay! I'm Ashley. I'm Cole. And I'm Alfredo. Yay! Yay. I don't, have you guys ever been on a show together? We, have we been on another? No, we haven't done it on the spot yet. Not yet. We did improv we class did, together. Yeah, we did yeah. like nice. eight weeks of improv. We're sexy babies. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Sexy babies? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, our, that's our name. The RT. Slack group. Behind the doors, behind the like scenes, it. improv yeah. crew. I like babies. it. Yeah. But you don't just do improv, you also play video games, we and do. that's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the news. Xbox has announced some revisions to Xbox Game Pass mm -hmm. that uh, are pretty significant and also having some pretty major implications with retailers. We'll get into that. Uh, and also, I need some help. Uh, I'm trying to get fit. I'm trying to get back in shape, and I'm trying to do some gamification. So we need to talk about gamification of fitness because I basically don't know how to do anything without rewards. <laughs> so we'll get into all that. Um, and I want to say thank you to our sponsor for this episode, MeUndies. We'll discuss no, them more in just a little bit, but they're absolutely amazing. Uh, what have you guys been playing lately? Whew, what have I been playing? Uh, I've been playing, cool. With the announcement of uh, Dark Souls on the Switch, I've been playing Dark Souls 3 because I never finished the DLC. And then also been playing the beta for Monster Hunter World. Which comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. So this show is recorded tomorrow on Thursday. PlayStation. Yeah. Yes. For PC. Yeah, for PC it doesn't come out until August. <gasps> I'm that's that's going to be a very long wait. I'm a sucker. So I'm going to buy like the base version and everything for PlayStation and play. And then get Holy all like the extra over. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like. Okay. I doubt they will, but I really hope that they have like, you can transfer character over. I don't think and there's ever a chance they would. But I really hope yeah. some games start doing that. At least the way GTA Five did it, where you could do a one-time character transfer. Yeah, I was like, just give me that. You know, just one time. I'll come. I in. bought your game. I'll twice. buy both <laughs> games. Yeah, give well, me some one-time transfer. People yeah. will do it anyway. A lot of times, I know there were a lot of people who uh, bought Destiny Two oh, yeah. on. Uh, on console, platform. and then we're like, I'm gonna get it on PC as well. See, some of them may or may not have actually ended up getting it on PC, because mm -hmm. by the time they got to PC, a lot of people, I think, were starting to fall off it. But there was definitely the intention, even if characters couldn't move over. See, that's, that's exactly what happened to me, where I was like, I'm gonna play Destiny on PC. And then by the time it came out on PC, nobody was playing Destiny anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna buy Destiny then. Right, so just I'd, gave it a skip. Yeah, it was like, I heard it's fun, heard it's good, but nobody's playing now, and I have. have you yeah, raided in Destiny 2? What? Have you done the raid in Destiny 2? I haven't played Destiny 2 at all. Because you were you waited. Have you raided in the first Destiny? Yeah, so I had a, okay. bad, I had a bad Destiny history. Mm. Um, I as bought do, it. As many have. I bought it and like had no friends, and so I had nobody to play with. Oh, cool, that's sad. Well, I, I had one friend, and he was like, yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting an Xbox. So I was like, okay, cool, I got an Xbox. Um, but then... We started playing, and he was like, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm done. Oh. So we stopped playing. So then I just got, played by myself and got like the max level, and I was like, well, I can't mm -hmm. raid. Well, then I started working here, and Miles was like, oh, you idiot. You should have got it on a PS4. So I bought a PS4, oh. bought Destiny, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're all done playing now. Ugh. So I just leveled up to full and was like, okay. Oh, again. And it wasn't like around. That's rough. two years after that uh, Miles' brother actually was like, hey, Miles said he never raided with you. Come raid with us. And like there his brother go. took me in and there you go. protected me. See, that's a good guardian <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I liked the raiding. I was like, oh, so this is what the game is. It's very it's what cool. it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's like the like the end game. Yeah. 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 Coming from someone who was like grew up on console, that whole experience of like of just 
the mechanics of figuring out a, a, a raid and progressing through it. And I was like, this is awesome. This is yeah. what, like, of course, PC players have been playing that for the longest time with, like, yeah. Warcraft and yeah. everything. Wow. And I was like, this is a console experience I've never had before. And it was really cool. Destiny did a lot of things really right, I think, in, you know, they, it wasn't perfect, but they were trying to figure out how to get that kind of MMO experience working properly on console. Because it doesn't seem right to do just, like, a one-to-one -one necessarily yeah. with every type of game or every type of genre, so they wanted to adapt it. And while, you know, it's, they had like their, it, it sort of functions as a hybrid. They're like, we want to keep the, the multiplayer, the grouping of stuff that we're familiar with, but add in all these persistent elements from MMOs yeah. and create this thing. Uh, and I think they did a really good job. I yeah. think they did a pretty good job, yeah. On Destiny 1. Well, Destiny 1 was definitely like, you gave it time. You know, like, okay, this is this is like a first-person MMO. This is different. This is new. Bungie's doing this for the first time. You, you gave them, like, the, the time and, like, oh, okay, you know, they're stumbling along the way. Destiny 2 came out. And I was like, okay, not too shabby. It's not the biggest leap that we were hoping for. And then now they're seeing, like, the lowest uh, uh, count in, their, uh, in the Crucible, like, player base like, ever. Yeah. And Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. And so it's just like, man, I just really wish Destiny 2 came out a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that's um, one of the things we'll discuss. Patience War Thin. Um, a, a little bit more um, when we get into the news because there are some sort of developments with that. Um, minor developments, but still. Uh, but overall, I would like to see that game recover and do well. Yeah, and it can I be would done. too. It can be too. done. Yeah. Uh, like The Division has done a great job of uh, being an ongoing game that's servicing its player base. A lot of people fell off it. It didn't have the strongest mm -hmm. launch. They released some major updates, uh, really refined the way the game worked, made some changes, and it brought a lot of players back. Yeah. The Division is uh, in a good spot right now. If you like, you ask a lot of people or look at a lot of the updated reviews and stuff, like the latest update, I think it's like 1.8. Apparently, it's like just massive. Mm. Lots of yeah. tweaks to the game modes, a lot of additions and whatnot. And I was a player that played 600 hours of the division uh, when it came out. So that's I, a I, lot I, of yeah. division. I don't. So I'm at this like crossroads of like, <sighs> I've already been there, uh, or do I go back? Because I feel like maybe I owe it to myself to play a, the best that that's it is. Because right that now. sounds like every WoW player. Oh, it's like I know. I've been there before. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> Do I go back though? Go back. They, made a, they made an expansion. Yeah. So it's definitely a, the day and age of like you could uh, revisions. Yeah. Like, you could revise your game and rejuvenate it. Like yeah. Division, Rainbow Six. And if you do it right too, people kind of forget the misgivings they had before. Forget mm -hmm. it. Like, the, almost... like it, it can really change the perception of the entire game's history to some degree. Yep. Like when the division came out and it shed a lot of its player base very, very quickly uh, and it had a lot of flaws, people, like the story of that game was this is a failure. Yep. This didn't work. This is a flop. Mm -hmm. They continued to support it. They, they soldiered on, they made the revisions, they made all these changes. And now, when you talk to someone about the division, no one thinks, "Oh, that failure." Yeah. And it, at some point, it seems like even you disagree. I feel like a lot of people left with that thought mm -hmm. for the division, 
And so it's very much like a slow comeback of like, oh, did you hear the vision is is pretty good now? Yeah. Did you hear the latest updates pretty awesome? Like a lot of I feel like it's it's in that realm. Mm -hmm. If not like a lot of people are just like, oh, the, the, sure, yeah, I mean, our, you know, it was a game. Like came out. played it when it came out, didn't really like yeah, it, moved on. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What have you been playing, Cole? Besides uh, the how's the that DLC, the um the you're saying the Dark Souls three? Oh uh, yeah. Um I'm doing I'm I didn't play either. So I'm doing the um the painted no, it's the Secret World of Ariandel. I don't know. I don't know what the name of it is. I went to a painting and I'm fighting <laughs> snow, I'm fighting Vikings. Wait, like into painting like Mario style? Yeah, like well painting? some dude was like, Hey, touch this touch this and I was like, oh, oh, all right, Dark Souls, yeah. you touch it. Yeah. And I got sucked into it. Cannot. I got sucked into his hand, and then he started laughing, and then I fought a bunch of Vikings. Nice. There was a... Video games. Yeah. God, I remember there was, um, it was either in Oblivion or yeah. in Skyrim, where there you end up going into a painting for something, mm. and like you're f and you go in and you fight something, and it's all done in like water yeah, colors, I think, you remember? Yeah, I think it was much more flushed out in Oblivion. It was Oblivion, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just remember there was some kind of quest, like something was missing or someone was missing. Someone needs a thing. It's yeah. typical quest. And uh, so you go up to this painting, you can go inside it, and then the whole world's watercolor. Mm. And I feel like I fought, was fighting like some weird Yeti type thing. Yeah, they had like the painted trolls. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I remember they like, regenerated health like stupid fast. Yeah, that was cool though. That was a yeah. very surreal... Kind of thing so that would just it worked so well in yeah. that game. Cole, the Oblivion. DLC you're talking about is Ashes of Ariandel. Yes, Ashes of Ariandel, not the Ringed City. That's the other one. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. I know Dark Souls. Are you are you liking it? I love it. I love Dark Souls. Dark Souls is awesome. It's yeah. also just like you just man, you're a masochist for playing so, yeah, that game. So you're talking <laughs> about, do you like games that punish you? <laughs> to a certain extent. Like we were talking recently about it. Um, about how it's kind of almost therapeutic in a strange, weird, messed up sort of way where it's just like, okay, I know I'm gonna die. Like, I know I'm gonna die in this. So let's just like, go, go, like, meticulously learn this process and that's just the only thing you have to put your mind on. And so it's like, okay, mm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get this far and mess up. Okay, well, now I'm gonna get there and then succeed. Okay, well, I, I beat that one part, then I died again. I was like, well, now I know the path to get to that part again, as well as I think, personally, Dark Souls has best played co-op. Because mm -hmm. you can like have your buddies and run around and it... help each other out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've never had that Dark Souls experience. So. Yeah. Never co-op. I was always Dark afraid. Uh, no, I've, I've done Dark Souls and I've done uh, Bloodborne, which I'm excited for a Bloodborne mm -hmm. sequel. Just never co-op. I uh, just haven't done co-op. I was always afraid of like opening my world and having people come in and just like just mop me real it, bad. See, uh, the, I was like, okay. Like, uh, my roommate that I play with, he's... Yeah, but what's okay for you, Alfredo? Because you're really good at games. Uh, shooters, though. Other games, like, it varies. Mm -hmm. I'm really terrible at platformers. I was playing God of War 3 once. This is an embarrassing story. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I had to pass the controller to my ex-girlfriend because I couldn't get Kratos to jump from one ledge to the other. I couldn't just... I couldn't get the timing down. So, you know, highs and lows of my gaming career. No, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's, uh, you gotta have those... Humble moment, so you yeah. appreciate when you like yeah. do some real boss moves. Mm -hmm. Also, kudos to your ex girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> for hitting the jump button. Not everyone likes platforming, though. Gus actually hates platforming games. 
I don't hate it. I just suck at it really bad. I can't get the timing down, like the the, the depth of the jumps too. I'm just, it just yeah. eludes me. Yeah, yeah, that can always be a little bit tough, mm -hmm. especially with 3D ones, yeah. where the angle can just be a little bit off, and that makes all the difference. Yeah, it's you just miss it by a pixel and just fall and die. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have much too much to report. I'm still playing uh, through Final Fantasy X on Vita. I finally got to the chocobo racing. It's as bad as I remember. <laughs> it is as terrible as I remember. That's all I have to say. I was really worried that uh, I was going to finish Final Fantasy X before I get on a plane to RTX Sydney next week and that I would be have nothing to play. Oh, no. Then I remembered, no, I will probably still be trying to race a Chocobo. <laughs> and even if I beat the stupid fucking Chocobo, I still have Final Fantasy X too. I need to <laughs> Do they have that on PS Vita as well? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I think I bought them in a, like, a bundle. I think, yeah, I think I remember hearing that they were releasing that. That's awesome. I love mobile old console games. I wish every old console game was mobile. Yeah. On, like, every, pe I wish every PlayStation It works out really well. Just, uh, like, I, when I was playing through Final Fantasy X on PS2, I'd have to sit down at the TV, and I would always have to commit a reasonably significant period of time, you know, at least an hour to really make any sort of progress. But with something like the Vita where I can just pause and turn it off. Mm -hmm. I can go through, have a couple fights, make a couple steps forward in an area, and that's fine. That's yeah. enough. Uh, and so it's actually been really great for me to be able to just play in little bite-sized chunks whenever and wherever I can. Mm. And it looks great. I mean, the Vita screen is awesome. Yeah. I yeah. still feel bad for that console little that for that poor little handheld i bought it when it first came out and i just wasn't patient enough to wait for games to come out i was like the first day adopter and i was like bought all the games at launch and then after that i was just like you're down the line I was like i don't have anything else to do with this so yeah it's, it's become like my jrpg machine <laughs> it's like that's the only place they release all these games so i'm like okay well it's awesome because it's portable and has all the games that i want to play pretty much which makes it for like it, you know, that's an expensive investment mm -hmm. uh, if you're only gonna do a couple games. But if they're those hundred hour plus games, totally suddenly it. it becomes really reasonable. Yeah, as well as I bought it secondhand from a, a friend who bought it day one and was like, "I bought all the games and now I hate it. <laughs> Here, a hundred dollars, <laughs> take it, take it from me. Take like, it. I'm like, okay, take okay. It. Really yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. it's nice. So um, I'm digging it. Yeah. Mad at mad at giant birds. Why are, so, why are they so mean? You'll <laughs> <laughs> get it, Ashley. You'll get it. But at least I look good while I'm playing it. You know why? Why? Because of me undies. Mm. This episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by me undies. You want to look good when you're gaming in your underpants and also with your significant other on Valentine's Day, right? So then check out me undies matching pairs, a unique fun gift for you and your Valentine. They're the perfect balance of comfortable fit and exciting prints. Check out meundies.com and find the best match for your match. Uh, honestly, they have like new patterns every month and they're super fun. Yesterday, I wore green army men. Oh, it was army, a delight. Army, little army Hot damn. Yeah, little, oh. little green army men underpants and I was so happy about it. Today is like a, like a, like an abstract 80s print. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. I got like some cool like oh, 90s ones. I, look, I'm really into it. I always feel like I'm wearing like cute underwear. Yeah. But I'm like the only one who knows it. But, but hey. It's my uh, secret. But you, you. But uh, it like, makes you feel good. Yeah. And you emit yeah. that aura. You're like, mm -hmm. yeah. 
That's right. Mm. Uh, undies are the most comfortable and fun undies you and your significant other will ever own. They are made from the softest materials on earth. I'm talking three times softer than cotton. Match pairs are a fun, thoughtful, comfortable gift you can share with your significant other. 100% satisfaction guarantee. MeUndies guarantees you and your significant other are going to love your matching pairs or your money back. Right now, MeUndies has exclusive Valentine's Day offer. It's just for our listeners. For any first-time purchases, when you purchase MeUndies matching pairs, you get 20% off and free shipping. So your underpants are not only very exciting and very comfortable, but they also won't break the bank. MeUndies is so sure you're going to love their underwear, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your first pair, you get a full refund. To get your 20% off matching pairs, free shipping, a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash glitch. That's MeUndies.com slash glitch. This will be the best Valentine's Day gift that you will give. Start matching your bottom half to your better half. Go to MeUndies.com slash glitch right now or, or right after you finish watching this episode. But they really are fun. I like and they've that, got all yeah, these like that little line put a smile on my face. Cole and I were just like, like huh. much bottom yeah. half to your better half. Oh, yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. Can you imagine like running around the house and like matching underpants? It'd be fun. Oh, all the time. That sounds about <laughs> like a good Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into talking about the news. Okay, so first Snoop? of all, the Snoop Dogg <laughs> yep. thing is that incredible. SOS, yeah. This was a thing that um, that popped up on Twitch, uh, where so Snoop Dogg was streaming like a, an early build of this um, SOS game. Uh, he was really good at it, which is amazing. Turns out it's because he wasn't playing it. Oh. Uh, and so it was this, you know, it was an endorsement. It was done via Twitch. It was live streamed as if he was playing it, but he so wasn't. lied to. You didn't realize he wasn't playing? I didn't have enough time to, like, dig into. I was like, oh, Snoop's playing. Cool. All right. I watched it, like, five seconds. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And then I had to move on. There's too much stuff on the Internet to consume. Yeah. Well, that one is a particularly amusing one. So then it opens, Damn. like, all these conversations you have to have about, like, celebrity endorsements and how does that fit with this sort of new media where people expect a level of authenticity mm -hmm. with that sort of thing. And then it turns out, I oh, wasn't even playing it. He didn't give a shit. He was just endorsing it, doing his celebrity endorsement thing. I feel like with that also, type of thing. Uh, this is my favorite, the favorite thing I ever saw on the internet about mm -hmm. this. The only time he's not a player. Ooh. <laughs> That's good. Mm, you could tell she was holding. She was just waiting to get yeah, that Yeah, she, like, oh, she was like, she okay, was well, like, well, it's, it's not original to me, but I love it because I was like, <laughs> Oh, damn, that's right. She's like, got him. Roasted. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with that type of situation, um, I, I honestly feel like it, the, the internet would take it pretty positively if you were just open about it. Like, hey, we're going to have yeah. someone else playing. Um, Stu Dodge just kind of going to talk in the comms, especially with a game like SOS. So SOS is like a... Battle Royale type game, but it's very based around like a game show theme and yep. um, role playing. Mm -hmm. So with that specifically, I feel like that's the perfect platform to be like, hey, we're gonna have Snoop. He's just gonna role play. We're gonna play, and he's just gonna go ahead and narrate and role yeah. play to be awesome. Because I feel like, and when you take that route, you could start bringing in a whole bunch of different actors that don't necessarily play games. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when they do, it'd be awkward. Just have them come in kind of narrate, have fun with it, react yeah. to it, et cetera. I don't know. I feel like you can just be open and honest. Yeah, I feel one. like, especially 
that's one of the um, like best parts about Twitch is transparency. It's that like you feel an intimate connection with the person you're watching. So, and you, well, you're seeing like their authentic gameplay experience. Yeah. You're seeing their reactions in real time. You're seeing um, everything. <laughs> well, then again, I should oh, have known when he was just like moving the He's, blunt like, moving around, around and, also and the character like, is still going like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it does seem like so you're what you're saying is this was unnecessarily elaborate ruse and yeah. they could have just like made it an honest simple thing and would have been fine. Especially with this game where it's so based around role playing. Yeah. It's just like cool, we're gonna have Snoop, he's gonna talk to the server, he's gonna role play, he's gonna do Snoop things, and we'll just go ahead and, you know, make sure we put we'll him on it, like, in the good situations. Yeah. To keep yeah. you know, a narrative going. But uh, it's it's there's a lot going on with Twitch. Another thing that's happening with Twitch actually is um, uh, I'm sure you've seen this that uh, Twitch has signed a deal with a bunch of uh, major gaming YouTubers to do exclusive content for Twitch. Yes, all that. So um, this is actually a deal that came through uh, Disney Interactive or Disney Digital. Um, uh, there, so Disney owns uh, Maker. Studios, mm. and so they signed with a bunch of the big maker gaming YouTubers, uh, including Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, and a couple of others, to do exclusive content on Twitch. And uh, <laughs> Disney made it sound like they want to diversify from YouTube, so they're not feeling as confident as they once did in YouTube as a platform. The money has Rightfully dropped for so. a lot of gaming yeah. YouTubers. Then that, of course, affects Maker, which is going to look back to Disney. And so they're going to find other ways to try to move those major personalities and their audiences to somewhere that they can better monetize. Mm -hmm. yeah. So right now they're they're working on building Twitch. Yeah, well, and Twitch is smart move. Set up. I mean, I think recently they just added as a uh, yeah. Um, they, they, they announced that with Bob, this announcement, yeah. So yeah. they're doing like premieres, so you can have pre-recorded videos, mm -hmm. but they premiere on Twitch. So even though they're pre-recorded, everyone watches yeah. them at the same time, so they can have a live chat experience and a community experience with it, yeah. uh, which I find to be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of blending the best of both of like uh, appointment viewing with video on demand. Yeah, although it is funny that's like, hey, and you can also like schedule reruns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, you guys, you're like old TV now. <laughs> yep. What's old is yeah. new again. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see how they balance that kind of, how they balance that out in mm -hmm. all the directories and whatnot. Because right now they have um, where you could essentially rebroadcast your past broadcast. And that was being plugged into the same directory as like the live feeds. So you'd have like these uh, big Twitch streamers who yeah. have like 30,000 views when they're live on in a uh, past broadcast when they're offline and then that would also be up there too so like that hindered growth for a lot of other people yeah so i'd be very interested to see like how they balance this out like if it's specific content for say the league of legends yeah like is that going the league of legends directory or is it the or, or, league of legends rerun yeah like where like, like is there a separate directory that could be convoluted as well like yeah i, yeah. I want to see that balance and what that looks like uh, it could be tough do you think that having some of these really major YouTubers come over, do you think that will positively or negatively impact existing streamers that are trying to make it on Twitch? Like, because you get these big personalities with big audiences and they could be very magnetic. Do you think there's any I, risk of them drawing audiences away from other streamers? I feel like a lot of people are going to say that, but 
it's already happening on Twitch. There's so many people that stream now and just hit the live button when they play video games yeah. that it's very hard to grow an audience as it is already. I, of course, like, yeah, and sure, this will make it a little bit harder, but... But I also think this increases Twitch's user base. Yeah. Like, if Markiplier on his YouTube channel goes, hey, um, I'm going to be putting a lot more content on Twitch now. And yeah. suddenly millions of people yeah, start I mean, checking out Twitch. Maybe yeah. they didn't before. And the big thing, too, is that hopefully it whips YouTube into shape where they're just like, man, we're... We're messing up and we can't continue to keep messing up because we're just we have major companies just looking elsewhere to put their content and like and there's we were the destination other destinations on. who are like please come yeah. to us we want to make it as enticing like twitch i know they're begging for people to come over from youtube yeah, yeah. so so and yeah. now's the perfect time yeah i think youtube knows they're messing up yep. it's just how to fix it yeah because they're trying to they're trying to fix all of these different mm -hmm. verticals on youtube with one solution. Yeah. You know, it's and it's a very, that's a very tall order. Yeah. Uh, but you do have a Twitch that's setting its sights on the, the gaming space. You have these other ones that are gonna be setting their sights on music and so on and so forth. So there's gonna be probably a, like a lot of different companies just whittling away at those sort of genre specific areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we've kind of known that Amazon's wanted to take on YouTube in some way for a while, yeah. right? And uh, now with them owning Twitch, it's like that may be their way in, yeah. or at Definitely. least for gaming content. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's a Twitch is a, just a huge competitor. Twitch now gaming, in the gaming space. I know they've also had a lot of success with their rebroadcasting other shows. Mm -hmm. Like they've had like like Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, like big marathon, a Ruby Block, they had the Crunchyroll, like and. Mr. Rogers and uh, uh, every friend, or not every friend, um, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Bob Ross, mm. yeah. It's like they're hungry. They're wanting to get the people who YouTube, who used to be on YouTube. Like, yeah. The other element to consider is now that they're doing more with these like premieres and pre-recorded content. Is there any risk of that shifting the Twitch culture? Because like the the Twitch culture is that live, that inner, you know, that interaction with the streamer. You, you'll still get interaction with each other if you're all watching something pre-recorded together. But does it dilute Twitch's sort of culture of that like live interaction with the channel? I think it does, but I think if they want to grow, it kind of has to. Because like Twitch is 100% appointment viewing. It's you have to be able to sit at your computer and watch uh, for an extended period of time, like hours, if you want to have that full experience with that streamer. And that's like the more and more people that you try to follow, that's just not possible. So um, with this like kind of go to video on demand, it kind of does hurt that like relationship, but it also still provides a space for that relationship to exist. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you can watch a person's broadcasts over and over, and then maybe you can catch the live show. like that weekend that he does have the live show and you can still chat with them. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I think I think it does kind of hurt it a little bit. Yeah. But I kind of feel what you're talking about like it'd be growing pains, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, uh, you get a lot of cross-pollination. So you get people that don't necessarily want to watch live feeds, but they come in for these premiere videos and they go they're already on the platform and it kind of it's easy for them to take a quick route to a live channel. It's like, oh, I just watched a premiere video for, I don't know, Dota, and oh, look, there's like some live Dota stuff. If they're, if they're watching a Dota thing, they probably watch Twitch anyways, but yeah. still, like, a short example of that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like eventually you'll start having audiences kind of 
pop over to each other. As I know like Twitch like somewhat recently revamped their site. I feel like with everything that they're trying to do, I'd like to see, uh, I like that they keep pushing the bar. Um, I really would like to see a little bit more focus on the back end. I know they just added dashboards to like your Twitch dashboard to mobile, so that's good. Stuff like that would be great yeah. um, for the actual like content producer experience. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with everything that they're trying to do, we might need a new view, like a new way to kind of like see the site. Yeah. Instead of just like directories and like your list of yeah. follows and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, you d the discoverability needs to go up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's getting. It's getting a little shallow now, depending on like with with all the things that they're trying to do. So. Yeah, well, because the noise floor comes up, is there's so many different streamers streaming so many different things, or a bunch of people streaming all the same thing, and you just wait well, going down the list of like here's the most viewed channel, and then it just mm -hmm. goes down and lists them. But there's there's really nothing to distinguish each stream either. Yeah. Um, you know, everything feels just sort of like. Here, I don't know, click on one of these 50 League of Legends yeah. things. Like, here's a pro guy, here's some little guys. Yeah. Just And they've experimented with some things. Like, I know with CS, you can go into the CS directory, look for a specific map if you want to watch a specific map, because That's CS cool. matches last for so long. Um, maybe, honestly, it might be something as simple as, like, a sorting list, right, where yeah. it's just like, cool, I'm so, I'll sort by default. It's the you know most viewed to the least views. Or change that sorting list to these are event streams, right? Yeah. Or like this one's doing something for, uh, you know, for extra life. Yeah. This, this is a speed run, more, like direct uh, yeah. sorting list or something. More like fine that. details. Because yeah. I know, like, I've, I've wished so many times, like, because I want to get into fighting games. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, well, I want to find out how to play this character. But nobody's playing that character on a stream at that time. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, if you had, like, a little search function, you could find who's playing a character you want to, like, mm -hmm. learn more about or who's playing a specific like type of build in a game. You yeah. want to try to see, like, oh, and League of Legends, this guy's building like this. Let's yeah. see how it turns out. And I know some people are like, well, if you're looking for a specific fighter and people are hopping around fighters, that can be kind of difficult. It's like, yeah. well, at that point, it's up to the content creator to be like, okay, I want to be kind of like just at a default setting. Yeah. Or I want, if I change it up, you could put that load onto your mods at that point, yeah. right? Where the mods as it is already, you change the game, they update the title, they update the uh, the, the game directory, etc. So you can maybe offload that onto yeah. them too as well. So you're just constantly being on like the proper search and filter. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, and now going back to something that we, we touched on it very briefly uh, earlier um, about uh, Destiny 2. So there's uh, a Wall Street um, analyst firm that's actually just downgraded Activision. Um, there's basi basically what they're saying is they don't think it's worth buying at its current price um, because of Destiny 2. Uh, because it's had missteps, it's had its audience falling off, uh, and specifically they don't think it has a very good chance to recover at this point. And so they think that that's going to bring down uh, Activision's performance for the year, basically, like offset the upside they saw from Call of Duty World War II, is what they're saying. Uh, and um, they, there are a couple of things, like we've gone through so much Destiny 2 stuff. Yeah. Oh, that uh, they keep, they, like they got caught throttling experience and were like, no, no, it's cool, we'll fix it. And then they, you know, messed something else up when they, you know, fixed that. And there's just been this, this sort of like cascade of 
uh, miscommunications or uh, missteps in the fixes to things that people were upset about. Uh, there was, there's been the upset about Bright Engrams in general and the Eververse uh, and the, you know, even like Black right at balance launch. The PvP. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not in a great place right now. In fact, I think the the letter they sent out to investors was Destiny 2 is in a bad place right now. <laughs> is what it was like actually headlined. Uh, you know, and, and interest, not just in players, but in the overall audience has really dipped. So a year ago, Destiny 1 streams on Twitch were looking at, you know, 14 to 17,000 concurrents. Not its highest, it was down, it's been out a couple years, but now Destiny 2, just a few months after its launch, is down to like four to seven. Yeah. So the audience also isn't really watching as much Destiny stuff. So uh, some of the bigger Destiny streamers are now moving to other things, which then loses that yeah. as well. So it's just a sort of vicious downward cycle. Yeah, you had a lot of people uh, like um, Cathalian and Professor Broman and whatnot, like big, huge streamers that kept Destiny alive because they kept like rejuvenating that directory. And they kept this uh, kind of like, Destiny was a very interesting community because it was just a game that was very, uh, you know, not a, pe a lot of people left it, but the people that stayed were very dedicated. Mm -hmm. And so the Destiny directory turned into kind of like this family where you'd have a lot of the top streamers supporting like the, the mid-tier or lower streamers whatnot, and just a lot of cross-pollination there. And then everyone just kept feeding each other's audiences to each other to keep the directory alive. It was very much this campaign of like, keep Destiny going, keep Destiny alive. It's unfortunate now because a lot of people's patience have grown thin or just are non-existent at this point because you have a lot of people like those big streamers who are playing, they're, they're looking to other games. They're playing Fortnite, they're playing Sea of Thieves right now. They're just gone elsewhere. You excited about Sea of Thieves? I am. It looks really fun. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of those games that um, it's going to be as fun as you make it out to be. So I think um, it's going to be all about having like a fun group of mm -hmm. players to yeah. play with, yeah. which is very much like the Destiny thing, right? Yeah. A lot of people, uh, they made friendships in Destiny. You could go on a raid like your fifth time, whatever, just because it was like something cool and fun to do with your friends. Yeah. But there are a lot more games like that now than there were when Destiny came out yeah oh, yeah but do you yeah. think there's anything destiny 2 can do to save itself like what would it need uh i mean a complete balance to pvp i don't really know exactly what that looks like anymore because i really didn't get into destiny 2 pvp too much i mm -hmm. played a little bit and i was just like i wasn't a fan of the the ttk the time to kill um it was just too long you shoot someone a couple times and you had that kill, but then they had enough health to survive and just run around the corner and get, get elsewhere. So that just didn't seem uh, like a fun competitive game. So I feel like a complete balance to PvP. I'm surprised there wasn't private servers announced like right away. I feel like it's something that should have been just like day one. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, just more content. I know it sounds like rough and I like, of course I'm not a developer or anything like that, but like just more content in general, like more clean content for people to keep coming back to. Because what made Destiny 1 so great was just that ex first experience for a lot of different console players of that really enticing character uh, carrot on that stick to just keep coming back to. It's like all oh, this loot and whatnot. And you got a little bit of that with like Diablo 3 when it moved over to, to console, but it was like, on cocaine when, when mm -hmm. Destiny came out, that whole loot, like, 
uh, rush. So I feel like just overhauling the PvP and some more clean content. Another, because the thing too is like, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm not gonna come with Destiny, I'm done with it, et cetera. But a lot of people in the back of their minds are looking for a reason to come back. When the raid hits, that's the perfect time, you know, to, to really rejuvenate their game. So even though it might be really shitty right now for Activision and whatnot, they could completely turn it around, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. And we've seen other games do it. Yeah. yeah. And they've done it well. And Destiny, the original Destiny, made huge strides. Mm-hmm. Like it came out and uh, a lot of people pl- played through it. And then it did start to suffer from people saying, well, what do I do now? But I think that Destiny 2 also removed a lot of the end game stuff that they'd been doing so well by the end of Destiny 1. And so people got to the end and now feel like there's no reason to keep coming back every week for like the weekly event or whatever, that they just don't have the carrot. Yeah. That, you know, maybe, you know, new expansion came out. Oh, great. Everyone played it in a week and left again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they, it's that, it's that like, what do you do when the game is finished? What's mm-hmm. the benefit to continuing playing? Mm-hmm. I mean, they completely rejuvenated and brought a lot of people back in Destiny 1 with the Taken King DLC. Mm-hmm. Just, you know what I mean? Something like that mm-hmm. on, a, on that level can completely bring people back. So. Yeah. Cool. And then finally, uh, there's been some um, talk about Bioware this week that they're like, right now they're like all in on working on Anthem, but Dragon Age executive producer uh, Mark Dara has confirmed they are working on another Dragon Age game as well. Ooh. I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. Have you ever played a Dragon Age game? Because I'm going to bet that you have not. I have downloaded it, <laughs> <laughs> but I have played, still yet to hit play played, on uh, it. Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, way back in the day. Okay. Yeah. It's Fantasy Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. Like very. It's sla- slash like Fantasy Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. With I, dragons. I can mess with that for sure. It's fun. Especially because I'm that I got the Switch and I've been doing like Zelda and I'm back into like these games that use a massive amount of hours to get through. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for some things to play off like stream. So. Yeah, well, this is, um, I like Dragon Age as a franchise. I mm-hmm. think it's a lot of fun. I think it's really cool. Uh, Inquisition, it came out, it did okay. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, I don't think it was the like the pinnacle of the franchise for most people. Uh, so I'd be very curious to see where they go with a new Dragon Age. What do you want to see in it? Uh, what do I want to see in it? Um, I don't know, like, I really liked the like building the characters and like building them in different ways with the skill trees. Um, do you actually build different characters, or do you end up like veering into one character type oh, no. every time you play? Well, so the first time I play, I'll normally go one character type. I'll do like a mage of sorts, but then I'll look at like I'll go online after I'm done and like look at what other people made and like what some kind of gimmicky builds or like some other fun ways that you can run through it, like um, combining like two a like warrior type and a magic type that aren't supposed to be combined and you get like a dude who can teleport in and then just hit people with a big sword and then teleport out it's like okay cool like here's all these variations um so yeah i like i, I want to see more ways to kind of mix and match um play play styles to like do new new builds there's also something cool about the um about well i liked this about inquisition um, i liked the replayability um, aspect of so you create a character and you know how in mass effect you could go uh with your like paragon run or your renegade mm-hmm. run 
And so you would want to play the game a couple times just to see how things get different. You're like, I really want to punch the reporter this time around. Yeah, renegade. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had a really hard time making a renegade run. Because I would like say all these terrible things to people, or I would do terrible things, and I was just like, oh. I know. So, okay, whenever you're playing, are you the character? Like, are you like, what would I do in this situation? I try and do the right thing. Okay, so like, I'd be like, what's the right thing to do here? And you know, like, I try and yeah. do the right thing. So you know, I can see why they moved away from the whole Paragon Renegade thing with Andromeda because they wanted to to be more nuanced. Yeah, uh, as opposed to. Here's the good thing. Here's the bad thing, yeah. and you eventually have, you know, two like a hard like you can go down the middle, sure, but you're not going to get the biggest rewards that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can see why they wanted to move away from that uh, in in Andromeda, mm -hmm. but it did make it was a nice little like guiding path for replaying some of the the original trilogy mm -hmm. uh, in Dragon Age. Um, like, so when I was playing through Inquisition, you can choose like a couple of different factions to mm -hmm. align with. Mm -hmm. And if you align with one, then you're the enemy of the other one. So yeah. that's, you sort of get that as well. It's also a, a bit more nuanced than just like Paragon yeah. Renegade in your interactions with other characters. And you can uh, choose like your starting race, and then you'll have a much more difficult time working with certain characters because they are yeah, races. Like you're starting class like. Mages are not mages are feared because they're like can do things nobody else can. So it's like okay, we need to keep you in check. Like yeah. you could you could be bad. Yeah. But. So it's a uh, like it's pretty cool. There's a lot of replayability. It's a lot of fun. I like this setting. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Inquisition. I don't think the driver was quite strong enough to get a lot of people out of the opening area. I think a lot yeah. of people like wandered around in the mountains, like killed some bears, and were like, uh, and then just dropped out of the game. Yeah, it it was one of those games that a lot of people, which I had a problem with, because I enter an area and I want to complete every side quest. Oh yeah, but you can't until yeah, and so it's like I have to test the water, and be like, okay, well that's I'm level one, that's level forty area. Like, that's clearly nope. not meant for me yeah. yet. I'll and come so back. it's a it's an effort of will to be like. Move past it. <laughs> Don't worry. It's okay. It's yeah. okay to. It's okay to move on. It's okay to go to another area. You can come back. Yeah. You have to have those like talks with yourself yeah. if you're used to 100%ing an area before you ever move on. But That's then, not really gonna fly. But then there's that panic mode where the game goes. There's no turning back after this point. And you're like, <gasps> go do everything. Go do everything now. Those modes. Yeah. No, I like those moments because I'm like, okay, you're telling me. You are telling me right we now gotta to go, go back. Finish everything. And I'm okay with that. Like, if you give me a warning that after this, like, it's going from, like, open world to here's your path to the end and you can't deviate, I, I prefer to have that warning than to be Over, on the path like, and then suddenly realize it's like, that... like, turn around, it's like, oh, I can't open that door again. Damn yeah, it! <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I, I dig the warning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to see what they do. It seems like it's very early in development. I think... I wonder if it's Austin that's working on it, because Edmonton mm. is leading uh, Anthem. That'd be cool. So it would make sense to me that it would be in Austin, since yeah. they've only got the one other location anymore. Mm. Although, they, you know, that was a new studio anyway, so I guess right. they're used to running without it. Yeah. Uh, all right. One big news to talk about, but this is going to be a bigger discussion. This is Xbox Game Pass. So, Xbox Game Pass, not new, 
been out for a while. Yep. Uh, this is uh, Xbox's subscription service. You can uh, subscribe to it and for you know a couple bucks a month, and it's basically like a Netflix, mm -hmm. where you have access to a library of games. Uh, it's a little bit different than PlayStation Now in that PlayStation Now you stream games mm -hmm. just from one of their servers, but with Xbox you actually you download it like you would any big game that you yeah. purchased digitally and you and you played as much as you like, and so that's. What, that's what their initial offering was. They've also just announced that all of their new first-party releases will be available as part of Xbox Game Pass day one, like the day they launch. So mm. instead of buying any Xbox first-party game ever again, you could pay 10 bucks a month and just be subscribed to this and have access to it. And they said it's going to be permanent, like the games will be in there permanently. And they'll be on launch, and they because they're play anywhere. You can also play them on PC. What? Yep. Crazy, right? Hmm. So that's enticing. Yeah, it's, it's a little enticing. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it has the potential to, I mean, dramatically drop their game sales numbers because instead of buying the game, people will just pay ten bucks and subscribe and. Play yeah. it however much they like, and then you know, unsubscribe until something else comes out that they like. Mm -hmm. You know, if people <laughs> actually pay better attention to their subscription services yeah. than like I do, for example. But uh, it has the ability to dramatically increase the number of people who play the games because at ten bucks a month, it's super accessible. Mm -hmm. You can try it, and then you, you, if you're like, I like this, and there's something else coming out in uh, two months, so I'll just like leave the subscription. Yep. And so you might get, you know, maybe only a million people buy the game, but 10 million people play the game. So mm -hmm. I'm, but I'm very interested to see how that would affect their, like their their income, because yeah. it does mean that instead of Sixty dollars for a full retail game at launch. They're making a portion of ten dollars. Yeah. How often does a new first-party Xbox game come out? At the moment. Yeah. Not often not, enough. Not really often. So if not like if you if somebody like us who pay for a subscription and then forget about it and don't cancel it for months on end. Yeah, well, it all takes. Of us. It yeah. basically. Three of us here. Yeah. If you were to think of it as two. The, the price of two full retail games per year. Yeah. That's the subscription for the year. Yeah. Is, is the equivalent. So if I were to get, I was like, oh, Sea of Thieves and um, State of Decay 2. Yeah. There's 120 bucks right there. If I, like, as long as I want to play each of those, like, if I would buy those, then that's fine. If I leave the subscription going all year, I at least broke even. Yeah. Any more than that, and, like, that's great. I saved all this money. Yeah. Can you only rent out one game at a time? Like, what are the nope. parameters? You can do as many as you like. So I could pay $10, mm -hmm. download all these games, yep. yeah. and just keep playing all of them. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. As well as, I think there's like some, there's gotta be some way they're looking at it where it's like all these past games in the library who's like, well, nobody's gonna buy them, but we can technically make $10 a month off of you yeah. playing an old game yeah. that you weren't gonna buy. You know, and, uh, so we're having all these worries now about like what is this going to mean? Does it mean that developers are going to make less money because they're going to have less sales or few, fewer sales of games? And so are they going to go under? Are they going to have to start cutting budgets? Are they going to have to start making smaller games? 
but uh, you know, if we look at Netflix as the model, it's created this really interesting sort of like wide range of territory for the kinds of content you can have. I mean, yeah, Netflix has got the older stuff that they just license it. Yeah. Uh, but then they do all their original stuff. And some of their original stuff is like really high yeah. budget. Mm-hmm. Like there is Stranger Sundance uh, like buying yeah. up tons of movies and they're up there. They're buying things at auction with the Warner Brothers of the world. Um, like they've got revenue. They're buying like all the best anime every season. Like they're getting the top of the line, like most anticipated shows. Yeah. So they're getting good stuff. Um, so they, they are able to pay for it, but it also requires scale. They've got, what, like 60, 70 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. And so it takes, like, this huge subscriber base to keep that going. But they're able to create content, like, really good stuff and fund it via Netflix. And it doesn't matter what its sales are. It doesn't matter what anything else is as long as Netflix says, we will pay you for that. So it's $10 a month. Do you also have to be an Xbox Live subscriber? Nope, it's separate. Okay. It's separate. So okay. you, if you are also an Xbox Live subscriber, you'll be able to access the online portions of those like you would. So they probably are also counting on you to be an Xbox Live subscriber as well, like providing these multiplayer games. I mean, to get the most out of but a multiplayer game. Yeah. yeah, but if you were to play a single player game, like you take, take Cuphead, you don't need to yeah. be an Xbox Live Gold member to get the most out of Cuphead. Yeah. To give you an example on what's on there, they have all of the Bioshock games, uh, Borderlands 1, um, they have a lot of the Dead Rising games, a lot of the Gears of War games, Fable 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of games in here that you could probably spend hundreds of hours playing just for the $10 a month. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's a pretty attractive prospect, I mm-hmm. think. I'm actually interested in getting it. Um, and <laughs> an interesting thing has happened as well. You, uh, It could have a huge impact on like the used games market. Yeah, because why would you go? Yeah. Like you go, uh, you've you know you've played a game, you took it to GameStop, uh, they gave you thirty bucks for it because it's like a you know it's a n- new release game. Yeah. They gave you thirty bucks and then they turn around and sell it for fifty or fifty five bucks. So like oh it's five to ten dollars off, but they can get you yeah. know pretty decent margin out of it. Mm-hmm. Now you don't need to buy it in the first place, or you don't need to go and buy a like, used game and see if you can get a couple dollars off it. You just mm-hmm. Like, yep. I like, I feel like playing something. Let's see what's on. Yeah, and and so you can do that. And retailers are really unhappy about this. An Austrian retailer just delisted all Xbox hardware. They have no interest in selling Xbox now because they're like, why would why should we? Why would we help you? That's interesting. I mean, like, I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that. I kind of feel like for Xbox, this is even though it might hurt them revenue-wise, because I'd really like to see like how this is split between developers yeah. and every licensing and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like this is another good step for Microsoft to kind of like win back the hearts of gamers mm-hmm. because they just, they didn't have a strong E3 last year. Um, they don't have a solid like lineup of, you yeah. know, first party games. They don't have a good game plan. Uh, well, <laughs> Cole. <laughs> Cole, please. Cole. Uh, they they do have some, you know a, they, some interesting stuff coming this year. I'm really excited about Sea of Thieves, and that's pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in March, uh, and uh, the closed beta is out, so you know people are streaming. You can like see it in action. It looks pretty great. Um, it looks promising. State of Decay 2, uh, Ori. I want to call it Ori in the Blind Forest too. Uh, Ori 2. Mm-hmm. It's Ori in the Will of the Wisp. Yeah. 
But doesn't State of Decay coming on PC as well? Well, they're all coming oh, yeah. on PC as well. Yeah. All Xbox first party, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, at the very least, they're going to be available via, like the, you know, Windows 10 mm-hmm. store, mm-hmm. the way like as Play Anywhere stuff. But a lot of them are will also be on Steam. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing with like Twitch making PC gaming so mainstream. Um, it's very interesting. It's like, well, a lot more people now are owning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, rigs, just computer rigs. Yeah. Yes, it's the worst time to like actually build yeah, a computer don't build right one. now. Don't build don't one right build now one. because cryptocurrency mining has skyrocketed GPUs to like double the price. But triple. Yeah, yeah. it's like the like ten seventies. It's like a three hundred fifty dollar card. They're now like a thousand dollars. It's pretty nutty. Um, Do so. not build a gaming PC right now. If you need a new gaming PC, buy one. And no one ever advises that. No yeah. one ever advises that. No one ever says get a Otherwise, you will one, be paying but triple the price for your GPU. Manufacturers get their parts directly from uh, the providers like NVIDIA and whatnot or yeah. like Asus and all that kind of stuff. So they don't really have that skyrocketed GPU price. Weird to say, but yeah. Actually, Super right. weird. You absolutely need a computer right now. Uh, pre-built. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. But if you've already got one, <laughs> Keep what you got. Yeah. Just enjoy it a, just, enjoy just a little longer. Who knows when this storm will pass, but just wait. I've also Oof. been looking into some more of the details of Games Pass, and it looks like um, on the first of every month, they will add at least five titles to Games Pass. Um, there's a possibility that some games might leave, but they'll notify you beforehand, and it's not like a you know first of the month it rotates out, like Netflix has certain shows that rotate out every month. Um, and if a game does rotate out, or if it's just a game you want to purchase, uh, you get 20% off the game or the best available discount. Interesting. Yeah. So, is it the kind of thing where, because you said it's not streamed, it's downloaded. Yes. I forget, does Xbox allow external drives? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can just download as many At as you At this point, I think Xbox pretty much expects you to have an external drive. Okay, cool. Like, the, the Xbox One X with the one terabyte drive is, yeah. I never thought I'd be like, a terabyte, what a joke. Yeah. But, but no. it doesn't hold a lot of games. Yeah. You know, when it's you've so got... Big. When you've got like you know your seventy gigabyte game is like a normal thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold too many of them. I remember seeing like the Western Digital like my passport like the just external drive you could take with you, and I remember just like whoa, that's a terabyte in there? Are you yeah. kidding me? That's I put every game, crazy. every game ever made on I there. I put every <laughs> single Blu-ray that I've illegally <laughs> downloaded. You can get a portable four oh, terabyte hard drive for a hundred bucks good. right now. Which is, What's that? You can get a, a portable four terabyte hard drive for a hundred bucks right now. See, b- put all of your money into portable hard drives, not GPUs. Yeah. <laughs> that's where yeah. they store all the bitcoins. Yeah. It's all in there. That's where, yeah, that's where it's stored. <laughs> Don't tell anyone or the prices will skyrocket. Hey. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm actually, I, like, I think this is a really interesting thing. I think the retailer delisting them is only the first of several to come. Uh, I was actually working for Xbox uh, when I was in, uh, when I lived in Australia, and uh, they were just starting to roll out uh, digital purchases of Xbox 360 games. Mm-hmm. And it was a fight with retailers then as well. Uh, and I was pretty, like I was pretty insulated from like the, the sales team and how all that stuff worked. So I only heard a lot of it secondhand, but they, uh, what Australia ended up doing is I think games, didn't release digitally for at least six months after they came out, uh, that they were uh, available for purchase, like in at retailers, and uh, they were couldn't be sold digitally below MSRP. Which um, for Australia, it sort of works opposite of the U.S., where uh, in the U.S. you can set a, like a 
the manufacturer can set a minimum price and then retailers can charge more than that if they want to. Mm -hmm. Australia is kind of the opposite where uh, the manufacturer sets a price but retailers can discount it however they like. Mm. Kind of like a bidding war for customers. Yeah. 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 Just the, the retail culture is really different there and there's not an online disruptor of this on the scale of Amazon. Yeah. So the retailers have like a lot of power and so they um, so, you know, everyone had to like jump through all these hoops in order to start digital distribution, things like the delays and charging, you know, this MSRP. And MSRP doesn't drop because eventually retailers just charge less as yeah. they like. And yeah, so you get it. these like full, full price games that are like two years old and everyone would go, why would I buy that digitally? Yeah, I can go ahead. There's no value proposition there. So it was this, it was a really huge ups, uphill battle. I'm not sure how it's changed since then, but uh, I remember at the time being like, this is pretty crazy. And now we've actually got a retailer essentially boycotting Xbox over this new subscription program. Yeah. Like, I could definitely see myself using that program for the new games and also. Um, like even with like GameStop, I would, I would turn in a lot of used games all the time because I was like, what am I gonna do with NBA 2K15? And it's like two years later, it's like, well, at least I'll get something out of it and put it for yeah, a reservation for something else. Nothing. But with this whole Game Pass thing, just like, cool, I just pay the ten dollars. Sure, I want, I'll play the latest like whatever sport game and then just not have to worry about having this backlog of like all these NFL games in the, in the on my shelf. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, keeping in mind as well that uh, we don't know what the publisher, like third-party publisher yeah. buy-in, will be like for new releases. This Very at the true. moment is just this first party. Uh, Xbox first-party yeah. stuff. So it's the you know it's going to be delayed, be like, non-existent. <laughs> hey, um, if this year theoretically it's um, let's see, Sea of Thieves, Ori 2, State of Decay 2, Crackdown 3. Um, you know, and they've mentioned as well uh, like feature Halo titles, feature Gears of War titles, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, what else is coming out this year? First party stuff for Xbox. Oh, Forza. Mm. Like, a, like a new Forza game. Maybe like Forza Horizon 4 or something if I get real lucky. Very usual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely options like for, I mean, I guess a racing is the closest thing we get to like a sports title at the moment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they cut a really good deal with EA so that you, instead of having to buy Every year, you Ooh. just subscribe, and then you got that. But EA that, also wants to do it via EA Access. They do. Yeah, I but that'd be so that. dangerous, because EA is also just making money from Ultimate Team. So, like, they wouldn't be too worried about... You think that uh, publishers would just go ahead and put their games in and count on you to buy the microtransactions anyway? I can see that. If, yeah. like, if, the, if the FIFA people out there can just, like, get FIFA and then just have the extra money to spend on microtransactions. And that, that train won't stop. No. Like, they'll just keep spending. Yeah. Like, cool, I have $50 invested into this year's FIFA and just keep going over and over and over. Yeah. I, that's just, it's, it's just like a rollover. Like, you don't have to go out and buy a new game. Like, one day there's just a new FIFA in your library that you can play. But then, is there a risk that publishers would start engineering games for this kind of environment where they put in more microtransactions because they know you're not paying full I, price for I, the game? Yeah. I mean, like they, they got some disposable income now and I'm paying $60 yeah. for it. Well, it depends it. on what the microtransactions are. If it's yeah. skin based, no one's going to say anything. But if it's just like content based, I don't think that'll fly with anybody. It's definitely, I mean, look, anything more than cosmetic skins yeah. at the moment is 
meeting a lot of blowback from the gaming community. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I don't know. That'd be rough if you're just like, okay, cool, we're going to put it on Game Pass, and then it's free except, except with for your subscription. You know. right. But that's also, I think it's, there is blowback from the gaming community, but there's a bigger whaling community that just... Yeah, the sports games are, are a little bit different because I think the majority of the sports game audience isn't active within the gaming community necessarily. They're obviously playing the games yeah. uh, and they're dropping money on Ultimate Team and all that, but they're not necessarily participating in the gaming community or gaming culture. Mm-hmm. They just want to play their game. Yeah. They don't care. They just want to play a game and they want Tom Brady. That's all they want. They just want him. That's it. He's worth a couple extra bucks. Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. Jaguars choked so bad. <laughs> so ripped. bad. All right, speaking of for- sports people, because they're all like fit and ripped and do way more training than I do, I need to talk about gamifying fitness because I need some help. All right, there was this uh, big move last generation, uh, especially with like Connect, uh, to like a lot of companies put out like these fitness games. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of those, they didn't really work all that well for me because they felt a little bit more like they were just an interactive version of like a Buns of Steel workout video. Yep. Yeah, um, I see that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've been, I'm trying to get back in shape. I've been pretty lazy for a while now. And so I'm trying to like get back into it. And uh, my go-to used to be I would, um, like, in front of the treadmill, I've got set up a TV, and it's got, like, a little shelf so I can have a console there. So um, I've got an Xbox set up. I can put, like, the PS4 there. I can play games, whatever. Uh, so that I could be walking. I can't walk at full speed and also play games. <laughs> and I also can't play uh, anything in first person. Because then you turn into Because then, exercise. yeah, like, I've, I've tried that and, like, walked myself off the treadmill, and that, that was just... I'm such an idiot Uh, but so I'm trying to find different like things to do because my fitness is just good enough Mm. that I get much more benefit from running than I do from walking for a couple of hours interesting so the gaming itself I can't do as much of so I gotta find other ways to gamify my fitness like, I know that, you know, uh, Meg was a big fan of Zombies Run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, and But I'm trying to find ways of, like, how do you court discipline? You work out. Uh, I did. I did for, I don't anymore, but I did for two years straight, and I did six days a week. And I had, like, a whole, like, counting my calories, 5,000 uh, 5, calories a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then 500 carbs a day. That's so much calories. My metabolism was so high. Oh my god. And I was working out like like Eight hour workout. hour workouts. Six six, six days, six times a week. Yeah. So I was burning all that all that food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was doing five thousand calories a day. Yeah. I went from like hundred and forty five to like hundred and eighty. You got swole. A bit, yeah. Nice. But then I was like, I miss I miss eating food for the sake <laughs> of eating food and not cramming this this quinoa down my throat. Yeah, my metabolism's definitely caught up with me, which has made everything a lot harder than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember... It. It's creeping on me. I remember mid-20s, I'd be like, yeah, I can have whatever. It's going to be great. Oh, good. And then, like, you know, I can just, like, bust <laughs> out happened? a bust out a seven-mile run and not even think about it. 
And now I'm like, oh, I can't run too much because I haven't built up my joints. Yeah, yeah now I'll wake up like, not, what? They're my not knee, why? Enough. My, <laughs> my foot, uh, last time I tried like just doing, like, I'm gonna run 90 minutes a day, uh, you know, and like, this is what I do now. Three days in, something happened to my foot and I couldn't run for six weeks. Like, and I'm like limping around. I'm like, yep. and then everything you, when did I get everything you did in your younger years catches up with you yep. too. I'm yeah. Like, oh, there's all that pitching I did. Got my, like, my oh, limbo knee. Yeah. But then that also, all that makes all the fitness more important to court. It does. So I'm hoping that like finding some sort of reward scenario is like, you know, get that carrot will somehow help me to actually stick with fitness. Because otherwise, it's really, really easy to get home and sit down on the couch. <laughs> and if I sit down on the couch, the day is over. Done. Yeah. That's like, that's, oh, once, that's yeah. like end. I don't get back up. It's uh, getting started is difficult, but once, you, once you're started, once you're in a routine, you just want to keep going. Mm -hmm. Because you, you start seeing the progress, it becomes a routine, so yeah. it's just something you automatically, it's like, okay, gotta do, it's like, this, this is part of my day. Uh, taking breaks from that routine will definitely, like, you know, kill, like, your, your streak and yeah. make you not work out anymore or whatnot, which is difficult for us because we'll work out for, like, three months and then travel for a week. It's like, yeah. well, how do you... Travel, Yeah, lunch, exactly. Like, you gotta... I remember waking up at six wait. in the morning at E3 yeah. and... And, and going to work out, yeah. and it's like, oh, wow, man. that's dedication. Yeah. There was a time when I was very dedicated with that, yeah. Um, so, but it's rough. Is the gamification is it centered around running? Because I know a bunch of us here got really into uh, bouldering. Yeah, I remember a bunch of you guys did yeah. that. Yes, bouldering. So it's that's essentially rock climbing without ropes. Oh. But it's it's not. And that's that, dangerous. But it's not the full wall. No, it's probably like maybe it's a like a shorter wall, ten foot. Eight foot wall. Oh, okay. Imagine like a jungle gym for adults. Yeah. You just like oh, you like climb it all over. But that. it's like, and there, there's two here in town, but um, I found that I really like that because it was a game. It was, I came in the first day and there was three colors on the wall that I could do. There was like the blue, the green, or blue, green, red, and yellow. Yeah, you try and only use the grips of the color that you're going for. Because yeah. there's grips all over the yeah. place. I like to I cheat. Have that with rock I'm a climbing cheater. too, right? It's yeah. kind of color yeah. coordinated. Uh, different, like it's called different rated problems. Yeah. And so, um, but I remember after the first week, and it's not this exponential, or it slows down a lot. But after the first week, I could go to the next color. And the thing is that it wasn't all about just can you muscle your way up. It's thinking about okay, well, how do I place my foot there to give me enough uh, leverage? Yeah. To like do a quick push and grab here, then I can that leg's there, so I can kind of levy myself up. Because um, it it turned into like the biggest, most swole dude there Whoa. wouldn't sleep bouldering, right? Whoa, um, yeah, and like uh, I'll I'll take that little tiny one on the bottom right with yeah. the yellow. Yeah, um, that one's more my pace. But then there's this purple right here that you actually just have to go horizontally all the way around to the other Wait, side. What? What is what is that? How do you even? So that's like you have to just learn to use your palms and like make like little clamps like with your this? yeah. Like, oh, hell. and eventually like you get callous and if you're looking to gamify it, like there are different types of boulders that you can grip grip onto in different yeah. ways and like palm them or just have like straight up ledges you can grab onto and then each of them are broken down into diff different levels or problems yeah. I believe are what they're called. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like um, around the, like around the corner from here, there's one that you start upside down and you have to climb up. 
Wait, you mean upside down? You don't mean like head towards the ground. You mean like your back lean, towards like, the ground, like you're. Yeah, so you're like leaning like back. Like here's the wall. The ceiling. Yeah, like you are like this. Whoa. And then um, some that you have to like do a running start, go put a foot on, jump up, and try to grab on the ledge, and might be just like fingertips. But you have to work your way up to that. Yeah. So it's and like every Fresh time you go. I mean, we, we talk about it, like, a bunch of the guys in the office still still go every week. Uh, I had to cancel my subscription because I bought a house, and that's expensive. It's very expensive. And this, uh, the membership well, is... Good pretty, on you. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, As you lift weights, too, you can kind of tell, like, oh, cool, because I was doing bicep curls earlier this week, I can grip this boulder easily this week, and I'm able to easily yeah. maneuver this problem. So, like, it goes hand-in-hand hand with lifting weights or cardio, yeah. and you can kind of climb easier and work your way up through these levels. Yeah. And you, you definitely, like go in once or twice a week and like there can be in, in your level and your color you can start a problem on Monday and maybe by Friday you've figured out how to solve it as long as it's like not the next level up um, and you just kind of like take a couple months and maybe you reach that next color and then take a couple more months to get reached next color and uh, I know a couple guys this past weekend went out just to um, there's uh, some like actual boulders problems out in uh, the Greenbelt, uh, McKinney Falls. And um, they were like, okay, we're gonna go out and climb in nature. Like, we've kind of learned this, you can rent crash pads. And That's so awesome. That sounds it, fun. It does get, like, it. it's not as much of the cardio and like endurance building, but it builds flexibility, builds like strength in places that you don't think you would normally need strength. They look like good, strong hands. Yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> good hands. Tend the best to part is, is they, they rotate building. out these problems every oh, week. Yeah, so it's, each it's wall is changed every week. Oh. Or each one wall is changed every week. Okay. So there's always something new to climb. Yeah. I think this is like kind of the perfect thing you're talking about. It might here. be, because it's like, very... it seems like it'd be actually like engaging yeah. like mm -hmm. mentally. You get real strong. And also, just like the community there is awesome because like nobody's like judging. It's people coming up and go, "Oh, hey, I yeah. saw you did this." Um, they're like, "If you turn this way, or if you reach for that one instead, like I saw you reach for this one, reach this way, and you'll find it's a lot easier." And then you go and do exactly what they said, and it's like, "Yeah, you're right." And then you get to become that person to other people. So it, it it's a very awesome community. The Boulder community is a very friendly community. Yes. That's good. Mm. Supportive communities are, yeah. like, it's nice. Mm -hmm. When someone is like, hey, bud, you're doing real cool. Try this. Yeah. Like, that's nice. I like it. Yeah. It's not like that at the gym when you first try it out. You go <laughs> in, everyone is just, like, pumping weights. Grunting and, and yelling. Yeah, and grunting and yelling. And it's like, <laughs> then you start to realize, like, nobody cares. Yeah. Well, the thing about gyms, too, is that, like, everyone's just doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. And once you start doing your own thing in the gym, you don't care either. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you realize, oh, no one cared when I started because I don't care yeah. about anybody else. Yeah. There's also something that's motivating about being in a place where other people are also trying to, like, you know, like improve themselves. Oh yeah, we have a uh, uh, one of the editors, Richard. Blaine and him had a rivalry for a long time, where it's like, okay, I beat this one this day. When did you beat it? It's like, oh, you beat it. You beat me this time. I got to beat you to the next one. Yeah, see, so, you know, that's definitely gamifying right yeah. there. For sure. Also, like just eating. Yeah. Eating is just such a big part of just being healthy. So, mm. you've been eating. Have you been eating? <laughs> I eat too badly. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that too. Like, like we were just talking about uh, Snap Kitchen, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's it's expensive. But I was going to try a different like 
you know, I, I don't have time to cook because I do like 12 hour days pretty much sometimes, like six days a week. And so I'm like, I don't have time to cook. I can't keep going out and just eating. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe try something different. My pre-prepped meals that I don't have yeah. to cook or something. Yeah, I've got to I've got to work on my discipline for sure because it's so easy to say yes in the moment yeah. or to sit on the couch. Yeah, yeah. like um, I've been trying to set myself a challenge to like work out every day this week. Like just go on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. I've got an exercise bike at home. I don't. It's at home. I don't have an excuse, and I <laughs> yeah. still manage to not do it. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, I'm trying so hard to court that discipline. Honestly, like building a routine and making it a routine. And if you can, having someone else who's also motivated. That's the key, motivated. Like, because when you're... But motivation fizzles out. It, that's why you have somebody else who's yeah, motivated to help you. Because Miles and I are not motivated, and we try to be workout buddies. And it became us texting each other at 6 a.m. Like, like, hey. You're not feeling it? How are you feeling? Are you feeling, are you all right? Like, like hoping the other person is <laughs> yeah, ready to cancel you out. You stayed up kind of late last night. Are you sure? <laughs> like, I think we should uh, cancel so some you were for yours. <laughs> Absolutely. We're like, I'm fine. Look, if you need to sleep in, I'm fine. That sounds like the, that's like half an hour of unnecessary <laughs> texting. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going back to bed. Yeah, but uh, like having somebody else. Um, I remember for me, it was my brother. So there'd be times where I was like, I don't feel it. He was like, no, we gotta go, let's go. Or he, vice versa, right? It was just like, oh, I'm kind of busy today. I'm like, well, let's do it in the morning. Then like mm -hmm. having that other person to be like, no, we gotta get it done. You got the time, let's go. Like, just get it done and over with. Yeah. Because the thing is, it, it's always so difficult to start. And, and to start just the workout for the day or to get, start working out, period. But you're never coming out of like, running or doing bouldering or working at the gym and going man that was a waste of time you know you're never like coming out thinking like why'd i do that yeah yeah so it's rough i do think Tough about it beforehand healthy. i'm like i could do it or i could keep playing this game <laughs> <laughs> zelda's not gonna save herself yeah. i get in there i feel like now i just need to start getting back into working out for the sake of being able to eat what i want to eat mm. Yeah, for me, it's. I feel, I'm never gonna give up cheeseburgers. Like, come on. I, I feel like I like I I get after myself, or you know, like my internal monologue is very self-critical that I'm like a lazy bum and I'm just like playing games all the time, and you know, like I said, my metabolism's catching up with me, and I'm like, oh, you're just the worst. And if I could just like make it shh while I play my games, that would be shh. Anyway, I'm gonna give it a go. I wanna try and find some way to, I don't know, like incorporate levels or rewards or doing something like that so that I yeah. actually like have that carrot to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Like something mm -hmm. to reach for. Cause you know, in a game, like you're always going for like that next level. Yeah. But yeah. with fitness, it's harder to see. Like just being like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run yeah. for 45 minutes instead. Yeah. Doesn't feel like a reward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've got to. I want to find something uh, that will work for me as far as like like the like the rewards or the loop yeah. or something. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of teachers that are trying to gamify education, mm -hmm. and you know, and they do like they have it, and people will like level up as they go through their assignments and as they complete certain things, and that that. It apparently works very well. I'd love to do something with fitness. Have you heard of a fitocracy? 
Photocracy? Photocracy, F-I-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y. I've um, heard of it, but not for a very long time. It's a pretty popular app. I use it for a little bit, but I haven't really dived into it. But a lot of what I saw was they give you quests and achievements for like fitness-based goals. Uh, so it has a lot of like what you're looking for. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say like there's probably a bunch of apps, and also we live in Austin. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some like kooky like type of way of running that makes it fun. Yeah. You know, because you're not necessarily for you. It's more maintaining. You're not out here being like I want to you know like build up muscle. Do you just want to maintain? No, it's not. But I'm like yeah. I every I'd like to drop 10 pounds of squish and replace it with <laughs> 10 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Ah, that's gonna be hitting that iron. You're gonna do some squats. Getting in back in the gym. Yeah. Do, do some push-ups. You're gonna do some planks. I know, well, oh, I know. I know it kind of died off, but it, play with kettlebells. It does sound like even something kind of like what Pokemon Go was doing, where like to hatch the eggs, you had to you, like go a certain distance. You had to move a kilometer. Um, but I always got mad at that because I was like, "You're not counting my kilometer, buddy." You had to have your. You're game undercounting open. me. The only way that it worked is if you had the watch, or if you have like your game attached to your smartwatch or something where. You had like the other way. You had to have your app open, mm -hmm. and that's the only way you could search. And then it drained your battery. And it was awful, but um, miserable experience all around. Yeah. But no, like uh, that's another thing I heard. I heard you mention earlier, like oh, I'll run for twenty five minutes, and then like there's there's no way to judge. Like okay, well, did I actually do better? Like what? Like what did I get and, out of this? Because just health. Yeah. Is like. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, right now, it's, just be healthy. Just right now, it's just. Uh, I need no, it's just else. that it's not. It's not tangible. Like you can't hold it and be like, "I've got this." You just feel better, yeah. but it's hard to quantify. Yeah. See, okay. she she wants to feel healthy, get you get ripped, also be able to look back at it. Like yeah. yeah. Be like I accomplished. Like I you know I've got this to show for it. This, yeah. Besides some sweet abs. Although I'd like to have some sweet abs again. I had sweet abs for a while. I think Amazing Race honestly ruined me. Because <laughs> like I had I had a finish line there, like I had an end goal. It was it was you're gonna be on TV in front of millions of people. You are going to the gym. Mm. Like there was a terror involved. Yeah. Maybe I just need to be scared more. Make yeah. a fitness show. Probably. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no. no. Then you have to be fit every week. All right, well, I'm going to try out that photocracy thing. I will report back with my findings and see if I can find any good ways to, like, gamify fitness and being active. Thank you guys for indulging me. I just, I feel like I need help. I need to, like, talk to people and be like, somebody help me. Uh, and if you guys have any suggestions, please. I am all about finding gamification for getting in shape. So let's do all that together. And that's it for this episode of Glitch Please. Thank you so much for joining us, for watching. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Alfredo. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, I will not be here next week. Um, I'm heading off to RTX Sydney. Ooh, that's right. So, Down yeah, under. I will be on a plane when we are recording. Dianonda. Uh, so, um, but the show, the show will go on. There will be plenty of other lovely people to talk to. Uh, and uh, we will have a post-show exclusively for Rooster Teeth First Members. That's New Game Plus on our website. You should check it out. If you're not a First Member, you can become one. There's a free month trial. You can watch all the stuff uh, and see if, uh, if you're into that kind of thing. So I hope you do. And we'll see you next week. I won't, but someone else will.